Hi, I'm Lisa Kennedy and you're listening to The Bra and the Brave. This podcast celebrates the creative and the courageous. I am fascinated by those who are talented, forward-thinking and inquisitive. Sharing their stories, wisdom and everything in between, The Bra and the Brave is about people and their passions. So on to today's episode. No. I'm more about them formal, as you might have gathered. And it's more relaxed that way. <laughs> well, that's, that's kind of what we're going with. But I will say, yeah. formally, I'm here with Izzy yes. Joss. Hi. <laughs> and now, Izzy. And now, from yeah. now on, Izzy. <laughs> and I know you, Izzy, yeah. from working with you at the Tron. Yes. 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 Last, yes. last Christmas. And you are an actor. Yes. And I wonder... Where did your love of acting stem from? Was it from when you were a wee lassie? Uh, so, I wouldn't say that I always... I'm not one of the young people that was like, I, you know, I came out of the womb and thought I was going to be an actor. In fact, I, for a long time, I wanted to be a pilot. Did you? Yeah, uh-huh. Or like a, an explorer of some sort. And I think because when I look back, when I think about like childhood or whatever... Like I used to do a lot of like pretend role play, whatever, and it would always be going off on an adventure somewhere, or you know, like mm. whatever that was. So um, there was a lot of you know fantasy trips to France on benches, thinking that they were horses. <laughs> so I suppose in thinking of my play, I was probably actory. Yes, but, but I was you were a pilot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was explorer. something else. Yeah, exactly. So And I guess you have become an explorer. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. I have of of characters in different mm. situations and and travelling with the job as well. Yeah. Yeah, so that but then when it came to sort of high school and I realised the grades that you had to get to become an air pilot, I was a bit like <laughs> Oh, never gonna get that. So oh, what we're gonna no. do? What we gonna do? And then it's like, oh, maybe an air hostess. This is God's honest. Yeah. Honest. And then um, I went off that idea when I got into um, high school. We didn't have a drama department in the high school. So where were you growing up? In Barhead. Right. Yeah. Barhead, Barduk, just outside Paisley. And I went to. Uh, St Luke's High School and the high school didn't have a drama department but it did have quite an active English department and the art department and the music department those were the three I suppose that I was drawn to in Um, terms of when I was kind of at high school yeah picking your subjects and all that yeah Yeah. uh and when I got into fifth year that's when drama was introduced and there was a fantastic drama teacher called Terry McIntosh Mm -hmm. who was just brilliant and she was the one that sort of ignited my fire yes. for like oh maybe I could that go into a this or choose theme, this like or the, a teacher that just sparks that yeah just a, a that bit of a drive yeah yeah mm-hmm. absolutely and what I should mention is that in third fourth year I went to Paisley Arts Centre to do uh, to join Pace the theatre yes uh, Paisley right. theatre cool. yeah and again because I was coming in at a little bit later like my mm-hmm. 13 14 that age group it was quite it was quite a big thing for me to yeah. do, uh, but I met such an amazing array of people. Yeah, so that that kind of ignited a bit of a flame that I wasn't available uh, that wasn't available at school. Yeah, um, and got me thinking about performance and various other things. And I loved, you know, I loved watching things on the telly. I loved things like Abfab and like loads of things that were funny, like mm. Only Fools and Horses and stuff like that. And um, 
and because I was doing music at school as well, it kind of was giving you that bug a wee bit in a different way. So, mm. um, but when Terry McIntosh came into the school and started the drama department in f- in my fifth year, I took up the drama module. Cool. And then in sixth year, they 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 couldn't offer it as a hire, yeah. but I did a crash hire at Merchworth High School in Paisley, right. which is now no longer there, mm. um, which Carmen Piericcini went to as well, because she was at go. Johnston. Right. But we met in the bus, um, the minibus that right. we'd go around, and we just hit it off. But we were in different classes when we were right. at the yeah, Merchworth yeah. High School. But then that shows a commitment to actually, like, you obviously wanted to do it. Because you Absolutely. could just be like, oh, we don't do it at this school. Ah, well, it's no Absolutely, you, know, yeah. you obviously had got the bug by that point. Yeah, mm. totally. And the department there at Merchworth High School, the drama department, was brilliant. And the teachers were both, again, just brilliant really inspirational people and it was really good because everybody who chooses to do it as a hire wants to be there yes so it's different I as well I six just for that yeah <laughs> that fact alone yeah it's like everybody wants to be here exactly <laughs> it's like you're not going down the list going like that oh I have to choose either that and that and I don't want to choose either yes. of them do you know what I mean uh-huh. but I have to yes. choose something mm. there's a whole kind of different mindset when you when you really enjoy the thing that you're learning about mm-hmm. And so then from there, I suppose, I got more experience in script work and level of performance and all of that. But then when I came out of, when I was kind of making my choices to go into further education, I was kind of like, mm, I think I do want to do acting, but I'm not quite sure if it's acting or if it's behind the, mm-hmm. behind the scenes or if it's teaching or if yeah. it's something what what is so it so many realms within yeah. that banner and I, I did think about community arts as well but in the end what happened was I applied for uh, drama schools in Glasgow so the RSMD yeah uh, which is now the RCS the Royal Conservatoire of Scotland which is uh which was when I went the Royal Scottish Academy of Music and Drama. Yeah. Um, and I applied for the BA acting course and the the dramatic studies course. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't get into either. So say what? I know, what? which was absolutely fine because when I look back <laughs> at it, I'm like that. Oh my God! You were just literally seventeen. You were just coming out of high school. Hi. You hadn't really seen a lot of work to know whether or not that was something that you definitely yeah, wanted yeah, to do yeah. in terms of acting. And you picked pieces that were not very close to you <laughs> in terms of something that is maybe suitable. Uh, as in, well, you know, your 17-year-old playing a 45-year-old. Uh-huh. Fine, fine. Yeah. Which, you know, for some cases is fine. But yeah, anyway. <laughs> God, hindsight's a wonderful thing. So um, I went back and I was like, this is still something that I really want to do. So then I looked into further education colleges Mm. uh, that offered a year in the same sort of... Mm. um, Just to find your feet a bit. Yeah, and and consolidate, I suppose, what area you want to be in. So I went to what was then uh, Langside College and it was led by brilliant tutors and I just loved it. I had such a brilliant year so many amazing people on the course and such a range of mm. experiences like life experiences right cool yes we had like an ex-policewoman we had a an anaesthetist wow a retired right, okay. anaesthetist we had builders we had you know school leavers we had um joiners we had so many different walks yeah. of life on that course and i think that only enhanced 
what it brought to the, the learning yeah, in the course. Yeah, just being exposed to all these new people. Yeah. From all, like you say, from all walks of life. Like, just coming yeah. out of school, like... Hanging out with them. Unless you've been in that world of, do you know what I mean, like, meeting lots of new people, unless you've had, like, a part-time job or something. Like, the first yeah. time I had a part-time job, I was like, what? Like, there's all yeah. these people, like, oh my goodness, right? There's a whole other world of people. There. Yeah, totally. So, like, in my wee bubble. Yeah, and it's know? making that distinction of, like, they're not my teacher, they're not my auntie, <laughs> they're not, they're just... People who just are people. older than me and I can be their friend. Yeah. Like, it's that. <laughs> so true, though. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So that year was really eye-opening for me to know that I definitely wanted to pursue acting. Yes. So again, the following year, I applied at the young age of 18 mm. this time. And I got my audition in the June. And it was one of the final audition dates mm. at the at the Royal Conservatoire or the RSMD mm. as it once uh, as it was then and I did apply to go to other schools down south um, however I didn't go to, for the audition because I knew pretty quickly that I wouldn't even if I did get into those schools I wouldn't be able to afford it and that was not you know it's nobody's fault it's just mm. the circumstances of, course, of, of your surrounds so yeah. and also I kind of was like well I don't want to move away from home mm. and I want to go to the RSAMD. So, and back then as well, the audition was all on the same day. So my mum came with me. Right. I remember this so clearly. I bought my outfit from the Selfridges. Yes. An outfit, I mean, like my slacky it? green trousers. Lovely. And then they, they were like khaki. Yeah. You know, with the pockets and all that. Of but course, they were loosey goosey as well for movement and all that. And my kind of khaki matching green top. Beautiful. But it was all of one colour, so there was a kind of blank canvas, but we had that colour, not nice black. Nice one. You know what I mean? thought about that. Uh-huh, I did. Yeah. <laughs> I did, of course. So <laughs> intensely. And because I was, going, I was doing the role of Cassius from Julius Caesar. Yes. Um, and I was like, so that's kind of like a bit of an army feel. Loving it. With the khaki trousers and all that. that. And then I was like, and the green and all that. Mm. And then the other role was... Uh, a speech uh, of Catherine's from suddenly last summer, right. the end speech, and it's quite dark and all that. Anyway, uh, I did it. I was so nervous, so 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 nervous. And then those nerves never go away, but it's because you know yeah. you want it. It's sort of like it's honing the nerves and using it and com- kind yeah. of grab grappling onto them. Mm. So I did that, and that was the scariest thing <laughs> at that point in my life. And then went away, and I think it was in the toilet. And my mum came up and she was like, oh my God, the notice is up. And they put a notice up in the oh, door yeah. to see who they wanted to see in the afternoon. Oh my goodness. In the middle section. So if you were recalled, you would, you'd be recalled twice on the day. Jeez, it's like a chorus line, isn't it? Uh-huh, totally. <laughs> oh my God, the pressure. So I was like, oh my God, mid-pee, you know, like, oh my God, oh my God, are you sure it's me? Are you sure it's my name? Are you sure it's not the rejection list? <laughs> like that. And so, needless to say, I was, was very nervous again. But then when... <laughs> And so in the morning, there was just two on the panel. And then in the mid-afternoon panel, there was about ten on the panel. Like a wall. Like a wall of people. (laughs) Oh, Lisa. And I went in, and I I was so nervous that it was giving me sort of like sweary Tourette's. And I was just, I kept kept slipping up and be like that. Oh, beep. Oh, sorry, beep. Oh, sorry, oh, beep. Oh, I'm just going to shut up, you know. And, um... It was who I am, and it's, you know, and they were kind of laughing and just being a bit like, right, okay, who is this crazy person? <laughs> and so, and then when it came to the exercises, it was like, you know, you had, um, I think it was Roz Steen who was leading the, 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 the sort of voice section, so there was a voice section, so you had to do pitches on the piano and then um, beats 
uh, so tap out a beat that she oh, so repeat okay. the beat yeah, and, yeah, yeah. as such and then <laughs> but I was so grateful for that as well because I was like oh god thank, thank god there's something to concentrate on because yes. I'll, I'll shut up and actually concentrate <laughs> and focus on the task in hand <laughs> so I was like that vroom, and then just it. like mm-hmm, <laughs> totally do that and did it and then it came on to the movement bit so they did a bit of movement with you and then it came mm. on to the acting section and it was a bit of sight reading and, um, and then showing your pieces again and yeah. redirection and stuff I was like, okay, I know I've done a good job. And and they did ask me as well. They were like, we see that you've applied down south. You know, what is your, you know, what's, what's your thoughts on that? You know, if you get in here and you're offered down south, what do you think? And I was like, well, you know, I, I did apply down south, but I didn't think it was good enough. And then I was like, oh, no, again, nervous Tourette's come in. And I was like, no, I didn't mean <laughs> well, that. The way it sounded. I was like, oh my God. Yeah, because they were like, oh, so you think you're good enough for here, but not good enough for this. And I was like, no, 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 <laughs> no. I'm like, no, that's just, I'm so nervous. Uh I was like, no, 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 no. I was like, that's not, like, I'm I'm only just, like, a year out of school. I'm not, I was like, I want to commit to the course fully. And I, and this place is more or less the only place that I really see myself going to if I'm going to go anywhere. Um, And I was like, at at 18, I was like, I can stay at home. I can, Mm -hmm. you know, properly just dedicate my time to the course and get as much of it as possible. Yeah, and to move and find accommodation. Yeah, and what about your washing and and the affordability of all of that as well. So I did kind of gather all my thoughts to be quite articulate in that moment and the nervous Tourette's didn't come back in for a wee while. And then basically... um, and then I did, and then the, the list went up again. I think I was in the toilet again, and Mum was <laughs> like, nervous ah, "I know, seriously, it was oh god, it was awful. It was just a place to go and like <gasps> calm down." Sit waiting, yeah. I know. <laughs> and then she came back again. She's like, "Oh, you got through again." So, which was again just brilliant. And then after that, she she sort of left to lead me to it. Mm. I was so grateful to have her there I for was that just day. Say as that well. it was so that beautiful. Uh-huh. Yeah. It was so have supportive. your family just always. Being well, that supportive. Yeah, they have. They really, really have. And, and involved. Think, do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, and I think this came out of a kind of, like, it was quite left field, my choice to kind of go down this avenue. Because although, like, I suppose in my mum's side, there's a lot of teachers and nurses, and my dad's side as well, actually, nurses and uh, engineers and people who, you know, um, joiners and stuff. So yeah. a lot of practical workers, but also a lot of my cousins and, and in growing up there was a lot of storytelling in the house so like if there was family gatherings there was stories all the time where there was recital of Burns or there was a song Lovely. of Burns that they couldn't remember the words to but they made them up you know right. it was just and it, and so and a lot of them played music and piano and you were kind of involved in that environment without realising what you could then go yes. on to use it for yeah. Does Absolutely. that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't just a party piece, it could be something. Exactly, it yeah. could be something more. You could actually take it into a career. Mm. And I suppose that rubbed off on me, like, subconsciously or unconsciously in terms of where it led me to think, oh, yeah, this is actually quite... A, I could see myself doing yeah. that. And, like, mum and dad, when they... When I said, I was like, oh, I'd quite like to try to apply for acting they were like well on yourself they were like, yeah. if it makes you happy then go for it yeah. and I think they, were, they would have been nervous about it as well mm. um, yeah just yeah, an wasn't unknown all, world as well yeah you know, all of that just for you as well you'd be like alright okay I don't know what this is all about actually. yeah like I've the etiquette of, of aha uh-huh, aha uh-huh. uh-huh. what is the <laughs> etiquette of this world <laughs> what was brilliant was that basically like after that day I'd met two I met loads of really interesting people on that day as well but I met 
um, two fantastic people, Andy Tate and Laura Cameron Lewis, on that day that I auditioned. And we went through the whole day together and then we went to Nice and Sleazy's. And I remember that so well. That is so cool. And we were just like, it's so nice to meet you guys. Like, this this is is something, this is an experience we've gone through together. So no matter what happens... From now on in. Uh-huh. It's totally up. unique to us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But both of them are still doing, uh, they're still involved in performance and, you know, other elements of it. Like, I think Laura does a lot of um, producing and writing of her own stuff and performance still as well. And she's also a musician. Mm. So it's kind of like coming back, come, coming full circle. Because we then did a job uh, at the Arches, I think it was 2005, maybe. Mm-hmm. 2004, 2005 with Andy Arnold. Yes. When he was at the Arches. And it was called The Selfish Giant. It was a Christmas show. And it was so brilliant. And Laura was on the job. And I was on the job as well. And it was so nice to kind of come back round again and be like, oh my God, no way. And Andy keeps popping up as well. Like he's in things as well and uh, bump into him Mm. every so often. So it's quite nice that connection. Yeah, because we were saying that before we started recording. Like Uh just how this world yeah, is the u- heavily connected of, and you yeah. just keep finding people and refinding people uh-huh. in various different settings yeah <laughs> rediscovering people yeah. as well on, mm. on like whether it be decades or a couple of years or a couple of days yeah. it's sort of like it's ever evolving uh-huh. as well so in your course mm. were you then honing down to what exactly you wanted to be in the kind of work that you were going to be seeking out or was it just a i'm open to everything and anything yeah, I was pretty much open to everything and anything. Mm. I was a bit like a sponge. I also grappled a lot with, I suppose, the, p- the pace of learning and also the bigger things that I just didn't have a clue about. Okay. So, like, when um, they mentioned, you know, the practitioner Stanislavski, who is pretty much, like, he... Like, the school have certain things that they follow, but you can, you know, break away from mm. that and, and find your own ways of doing things. But these are the kind of methods that they kind yeah. of have build your base upon, Got if you, you. like, yeah. uh, as a performer and the tools in which you can pull on as a performer. And so the Stanislavski method um, revolved around a lot of things like action. And so what are you trying to do to the other person to get them to... Uh, to to obtain your objective so what is your what is your overall objective and by objective i mean um what do you want what's your dream scenario to happen at the end of this scene right. as your character okay. so it might just be as simple as i want to walk out the door and never come back but how do you get out the door because there's an obstacle there's something stopping you the other character okay. or yeah. several characters or an emotional tie or whatever that is but it took me quite a while to grasp like to get to grips with that and I think it was just purely because I hadn't really been opened up to that kind of theory at all whereas other people might have touched upon it or mm. a learning process they might have found it found it easier to latch on to that or so I think quite quickly I realized that actually theory was good if I had a year to process it <laughs> Could you just give me a wee bit more time? I know, but I, thank you very much. Practical, however, if yeah. it was more kinesthetic, I was like, oh, totally get that. Or, or if it was it. physical, yeah. or if it was get up and just try or improvise, yes, actually, yes, even though yes, that's terrifying. Just, just get in about it. And what was interesting was that actually everything did fall into place more in my second year about the Stanislavski because I was determined to learn about it, but it also made me anxious that I couldn't grasp it okay. as quickly as other yeah, people. Yeah, okay. Um, but also, again, hindsight, I was, I suppose, 
I was really lucky that I was challenged when I was at drama school because I, the, the roles that I, did, that I was given to play mm-hmm. and to grasp and to paint, if you like, were really accessible for me in many different ways. And by that, I mean there was, there was something always that I could relate to. Mm-hmm. And I suppose in the second year, they were more kind of like straight roles. So you had like, we had the Brechtian piece called The Rise and Fall of the City of Mahagoni. And in it, I was playing Jenny. And that was quite a straight character. But she had elements of, you know, it was kind of innocent and this and that. And so it's, it's something that, yeah, you, you could you could be cast in. Yes. You know, uh-huh. um, and there was singing in that as well, which I absolutely loved because I loved singing and music mm. and all that. That was sort of from my background. Although I wouldn't say that I was a, you know, a, a professional West End musical singer, but I do have a voice on me. Yeah. So it's kind of, it's just... But again, that's confidence. That. That's that. That is, yeah. yeah you're so right. it's all to do with confidence. Right. It's absolutely. Like, but it's important for you to say about being challenged because you, uh-huh. well, you should be. Aha, uh-huh, yeah. Surely. Yeah. <laughs> you're learning. Yeah, and absolutely. for you, it was that theory. For someone else, it would have been the movement. For someone else, it would have been, exactly. you know, the singing or whatever. Yeah. So you should have been challenged. Yes. That's the whole point of you being absolutely. there. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And even in even in your work as well, oh. if there's, there's always something, there's always a problem to be solved. Yeah. And it's working it out mm. together as a group as well yes. as thinking about it yourself. Uh, absolutely. But you're so right. I mean, like two of my best uh, buds, a really beautiful class actually of people. But I remember two, two of my really close friends, Kathleen and David, they absolutely hated movement. Or like <laughs> at least they didn't hate it, but they were just a bit like when it came to the voice movement project, I was like, oh my God, totally loving this. Like yes, a wee bit of divisive theatre. Yes, <laughs> totally like... My brain was just like, woo, yeah, let's do metamorph, a bit from metamorphosis, and then we could do this. And, then we're... and so I was totally, I was finding my element mm-hmm. as well as incorporating other things. But I remember, like, we would go up to what we called the airport lounge, which is the cafeteria up yes. in the, uh, the cafe area and the, <laughs> the second level at the RS, uh, the RCS. And um, I'd be like, we'll meet at the airport lounge and just dissect everything. And they'd be like, oh, but I'm finding this so hard. And I just, oh, I just find it so difficult to... And I'm like, no, you but it's all about this. And they'd be like, huh? I was like, but it's the connection. And, you know, if you'd read Lecoq's book, it's like, you know... Because I was all over, like, all this stuff about Jacques Lecoq and his way of working. And, and again, that was your movement basis, mm, if you like. Yeah, yeah. And then the Nadine George practice was the voice... Um, was the voice, sort of the roots and voice in which the practitioners used. So... Again, there was lots of other people that they referenced on and pulled yeah. in and, and above, but I like how you were in the airport like this pilot scenario just keeps I know. back totally. around. You were absolutely there. Totally, Love yeah. That. But it's like for me, I, when I think of you, obviously we have worked on a particular piece at the Tron. Yeah, and for yeah. me, your just your your movement when you're talking about moving, I'm like, yeah, it's just wonderful. Oh, thanks, you just, Lisa. Like, tell stories so beautifully just through your movement alone Uh, I mean that obviously in that that particular piece the movement was so important because it was you know for younger kids and the dialogue was obviously kept to a minimum but your movement just you're wonderful you really are though like I I just I remember the first time I came into rehearsals and I was like oh my god I love this (laughs) (laughs) just outstanding oh thanks Lisa yeah like and you know working with people like yourself like you Uh learn so much yourself Mm. about movement coming from an actor's perspective do you know what I mean like it challenges somebody like me who's very much in a dance world a lot of the time yeah yeah. but that that, but there's such a 
I like because even when I think about growing up as well, I went to dance. Right. When okay, I was from a young yeah, yeah. age, actually, uh-huh. mum, mum enrolled me in a dance school, and again, I really enjoyed that. I, and I was quite. I, I suppose I was maybe a bit slower than other kids to pick up stuff, but I, I, I do remember really enjoying it when I got it. Yes. And like really feeling that sense of achievement. Mm-hmm. And so I suppose again, adding to the storytelling, the family, and the singing, and the and uh, music and uh, dance, that sort of again, a wee, aha, yeah. yeah. But for you, probably it was more the creative aspect of being yeah. able to move freely yes. and produce something with other people rather than yeah. being just like taught a routine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because thinking about the big influences as well, I went to the Arches a lot. I like the Arches was my kind of go to for a lot of performances in theatre yeah. and um especially back the late nineties it I just I just I still miss it to this day. I miss what that building produces because I think there's elements of it in other buildings and other hmm. theatres definitely but yeah, it was very, what very they, yeah what they were kind of the umbrella of was a lot of avant garde stuff that I really loved seeing and loved access and mm. and so like the very young company of frantic assembly came and and they did shows there and they were just brilliant and i would come out so again really enlightened and invigorated yeah, by it and just be like oh my god yeah. this is this is the element of what i want to be doing and and that was very much physical it was very much sort of physical theater with the backgrounds of dance and mm. and telling stories and using music and all yeah. of that kind of stuff that I just was like just tapping into yeah, all that yeah completely and like complicity and Peter Brook's work and um, improbable theatre as well another fantastic company who again I saw at the Tron and it was I think the piece was called Seventy Eight Hill Lane and it was about this poltergeist who lived in this house in right. the roof of, in the the attic of this house. And it was amazing because it was like uh, Fella McDermott was the main storyteller, so he was sort of telling the story as just with a bare stage, and they had four black poles um, that they could put in the corners and sellotape, and okay. music and storytelling, and a cracking story about yeah. this poltergeist and him growing up in this house. They moved to this house and it was like really like oh eerie, and then all of a sudden this poltergeist comes into the story, and they use the sellotape to create the house with the four corners of the thing the house is all there while they're telling the story and then they take all that sellotape off and they wrap it all up and that becomes the other things and then it becomes the poltergeist and it was amazing and i mean me retelling in it now Uh uh-huh because i was like there's so many things that you see over the years and it's not that it hasn't struck a chord with you at all but there's things that land uh there's definitely there's Mm. definitely things that land with you and the, all the roots were places that I was interested yes. in in terms of storytelling. So but yeah. over the years, I've, I mean I'm guessing like you're saying with everything that you do there's something to take away, there's like something to yeah, learn. But have there been like highlight jobs where you're like that was fun or that taught oh, me something yeah. or I met that particular person? Yeah. I think every job actually, and I'm not just saying this, even the ones that you struggle within. Because, okay. you know, I suppose there's this sort of wide-eyed, you know, innocent feeling of like, when you are when you graduate and all that, you're like, mm. oh my God, it's just going to be amazing because I'm doing what I love doing and oh my God. And then you're like, you're crash-bang wallet, you're like that. <laughs> you're like, Isaac. 
an e check or <laughs> you know uh, yeah, yeah, or yeah, of there's there's so clashes of artistic navigate. yeah absolutely and it's all in the management of all of that and but I have been really lucky and I, I suppose one job in particular is is a highlight for me where I basically met my best friend I've got a lot of really close close friends but mm. she is one of, like really really hold close and dear to my heart um, her name is Suzanne Robertson and her sister is Jill Robertson that runs Catherine Mills Theatre Company oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and the show was called Lifeboat and I think the reason as well it's so prominent is that it's based on a true story about two teenagers, Beth Cummings and Bess Walder. And Bess Walder is from London mm-hmm. and Beth Cummings is from Liverpool. And it's set during the Second World War and it's just before the, the, the Second World War starts. And they're part of the first sort of uh, crew of youngsters to be shipped off to far and wide um, evacuated from Britain so essentially it's a sort of setup of their story of where they're from what their Mm. home lives are and all of that so again storytelling through physical stuff uh, fantastic script by Nicola McCartney um, devised process I wasn't part of the actual devised process at the beginning that was another another fantastic actress Gemma Burns who I actually knew mm. before even right, okay. doing this you know getting yeah, yeah. auditioned for it so I knew Gemma separately and I remember hearing about it and I was like oh my god I'd love to be seen for that yeah. cut to so that was maybe about 2000 uh, 2001 that that was all kind of kicking off and then cut to 2003 2004, the winter of, I was at Stirling, involved in the Snow Queen there, the panto, the Snow Queen, the Christmas show, with a fantastic cast again of people, and Mary Binney was directing that, and I was understudying, it was so funny, oh my god, I was understudying like all the girls, and um, there was another lovely actor, uh, Sean, who was understudying all the the male roles. I don't even know how you begin to do that, that blows my tiny mind. Do you know what, it's one of the most like, thank (laughs) <laughs> thankless jobs in a way but it's again it's a skill in itself absolutely and just to get up and be able to go on is like the second mind. to night yeah mm. and it should be it should be credited more I suppose yeah. within the industry what a skill it's, man, uh-huh, it's amazing that. yeah so needless to say there was a few hip hops and happenings over that Christmas um, <laughs> that meant that I was going on, but not just for the female roles, for the male roles, but that's all, that was fine. That anyway, happened. that happened. Well, and that's right. where I, I met and worked with Mary Kapinski for the first time. Her pal, Mary. Shout out to Mary. Shout out to Mary. I know, totally. Oh no, we did, we'd done a project earlier that year, that's yeah. where it was, that's where I first met her. So cut to that Christmas, we were doing this show, and in the small house, in the, in the studio, there was a fantastic co- uh, show called The Snow Baby, which was Catherine Wheels. Got you. Catherine yes. Wheels Theatre Company, mm. their project for the wee ones. And so it was very funny. And my mate Craig Fleming was working on that. He's the production manager, or he was the production manager for the company for a very long time. Um, fantastic production manager. And Jill, I met Jill Robertson and Paul uh, Fitzpatrick and the team of Catherine Wheels over that Christmas. So then that January they were auditioning for Lifeboat again because Gemma had decided she didn't want to do it. So I got a phone call saying, would you like to audition for it? And I was like, I'd love to audition for it. Yeah, that'd be brilliant. And the audition was in Musselburgh at the Brunton Theatre. And uh, and again, I was really nervous, but I was like, 
come on, you've got this, you've got this, you've got this. You've got this. Come on. Like, uh, come on, just have the courage. Yeah, 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 just keep, 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 keep the courage. Yeah, yeah, pure stomach like that. Oh, I'm so, I mean, it's better than sit up sometimes, you know, like, pure clenching, <laughs> clenching everything. And then uh, went in and just had a brilliant time with them. Uh, mm. Jill's just a fantastic practitioner, director, creator. And uh, the script, again, was just a gift. And Susie is just a phenomenal actress as well. And the rapport between us just, we just clicked, just hit it. it off. Yeah. yeah. And a bit like the best double acts, I suppose, we're completely opposite of each mm. other, but we're completely unified yes. as well. And, you know, you'd have your moments where you'd be like, ah! But, <laughs> but it became like a marriage. It became it. that partnership yeah. of, mm. like, that's what it was. And... And basically, I left thinking, well, do you know what? If I don't get that, I've had a lovely I've had time. A lovely t- that's fine. I've had a lovely a time. A banter, a exactly. Weekly. I showed myself off well. I got oh, my liver yes. puddly and accent. I was uh, right. By the okay. way, I must interject and say. I watched uh, Isabel Joss' uh, showreel on YouTube and you are a master at accents, which I was not aware of. Are you thinking of the bill? Loving it. <laughs> You are excellent at accents. Uh, yeah, I've always had quite a good year for it, Aye. I suppose. Yeah, not I to like, like blow my own trumpet. But, no, what? But again, that's that's sitting with my mum and my sister, watching whatever and just imitating, Is you know. Right? Uh, yeah, we used to do that all the time. And like, or, or uh, I suppose as well, having access to telly mm. and things from different places. Because yeah. how often do we get dubbed or do we get, so you know... Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. slow things down yes. because people don't have the patience to listen or catch up or yeah. identify so or, true. And what a skill in itself like to be able to master accents aye, that, yeah. that must just open another another level yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, definitely. in terms of like TV and, yeah, and you know, theatre well yeah I mean because in that in, in Lifeboat alone we were playing probably about seven characters each if not more as well as the character the main character because you're role playing the character of the mum or you're role playing the character of the brother or the teacher or whoever it was so that's what Bess and Beth are doing and retelling the story but also as actors you are really thinking about who these people were and what are what is the painting you want Mm. to uh, you want to make or create both physically and and vocally mm. and all of that yeah. so it was kind of like it was weirdly even though it was mostly accents there was a lot of uh, a lot of work that you would do where it would take you to a different place in your mouth a bit like a singer so you you did have to really be on it and I lost my voice a couple of times a few a good few times through that and it was also through going out and having a good time and like well. I think burning the candle I mean, really unprofessional, really sorry. But I did seek help and they were very, very good with me and all that. But that whole thing of, like, recognising that, actually, because when I explained to even the ear, nose and throat specialist what I'd been doing, and she was like, well, that's just the same as you doing a full-length run of a West End musical and not realising that you're pitching everything differently and and you're using different parts of your Mm. vocal... Uh, chords to to make that yeah. happen, and when she said that, I was like, "Of course I am. I've done blooming. I've I've studied voice. Of course you know mm. that, but you forget it. Aye, you're just in it and just yeah, doing the thing, and yeah. yeah, so many other things to think about. Exactly, yeah. exactly. You're like automatic pilot, brilliant, blah 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 blah. And so that, that I mean, in losing my voice, it did give me a scare because it was that thing of like 
that's my that's one of my tools yes. as much as your body is as much as your mm. you know that is one of my main tools of mm. communication and without that without looking after that how do you then go on to do script work mm. or anything that involves? But like your you're seeing just learning all the time, and, and sometimes that yeah. is through doing something wrong or doing something, yeah, you know, a bit differently or whatever. Yeah. Just then going right, okay, yeah. noted, yeah, totally. <laughs> For next and time. that's uh, that self learning note as well of checking in on yourself yeah. and just going, where are you yeah. physically and yeah, mm. like vocally and how how are you what are you straining if you're doing that or is it tired do you need to just mm. rest or so for yeah. you like lots of theatre work yeah lots and lots like of theatre work you mentioned earlier on yeah. when I said how fabulous you were at accents TV as well yeah aha uh-huh. and is that just like a is that similar or is that like a whole other kettle of fish well it is similar but it's different yeah I mean you I suppose you, you approach the work in a similar sense but I suppose it's a different approach in a sense that theatre can allow you to be very physical and very and very vocally musical. And not to say that, that telly and film doesn't allow that, it does, but it's just a different way of, of delivering it. Mm. So in a way that you might be able to play something extremely big in the theatre yeah. to get across to the audience of like thousands of people sitting yeah, in the auditorium. Absolutely. I mean, not to say that everything has to be big in the theatre, it doesn't at all, but the conviction is the same, but it's just on a different level of... on a different scale, yeah. if that yeah, makes yeah, sense. Yeah, absolutely. So I suppose for telly work, again, the character... Like, so the character in The Bill, for instance, that I was playing, she was quite an extreme character. She's bridezilla, mm. she's totally getting mm. married, and it's all this, and there's the drama. She's surrounded by drama, that yeah. character. I love Jared Clobber, by the way. Oh, God, I know. <laughs> And then getting to punch people and all that. I mean, yes. this was a scene in the uh, scene in the actual piece, but it, I mean, um, the bell—that's yeah. like a pure, like, oh, yeah. institution. Like, yeah, everybody loved the bell. Oh, it was brilliant. And the thing was, like, because it wasn't long after that, I think that it that it came off the telly. Maybe I jinxed it. <laughs> Sorry, guys. But it had been running for years. It was something right. that you grown up with. It was something that was like, I never ever thought I would get seen for it. I don't know. I don't. And and it wasn't because I didn't think you know. When I say things like that as well, I don't. I do myself a disservice, and I, I and I know that's just something that is inherent in me. It's like, oh, I didn't think I was good enough, but I just sometimes don't personally want to look out too much outside the box because I'm fear maybe of being disappointed. Fine. So sometimes, like when you think about ambition and 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 things like that, it's kind of like it's not that I'm not ambitious. It's just that I it's tentative steps. It's a bit like decorate my flat. It's like. You sit with that for a wee while. Lovely. And think about what it is that you actually want to paint on that wall. Well, that's fine. And mull over it. You it's obviously a know pace, yourself really well. And yeah. you get to a point where you're just like, this is me. Yes. And I, okay, I might put roadblocks up for myself sometimes. And I should be less down on myself. Yes. And, but then yeah. you can't help who you are. No, exactly. You know, and you yeah. just have to celebrate that for what it is. Absolutely, And, and yeah. sometimes you will just take a wee bigger step than Absolutely. you did before do you mean? and, you and sometimes you will brave. just jump in Aye, shut your eyes yeah completely because when the phone call came for it I was like oh yeah dancer yeah I'm taller for that and then they explained the character and I got the script and I was like oh my god Oof. this is so much fun and because what happened was as well it was the casting directors for, for the bill at the time mm-hmm. had come to see Lifeboat and oh, light, well, so we went to London with Lifeboat. Yes, lovely. so there was lovely. a lovely connection to mm. that job. So in which obviously you're demonstrating all the, these accents and, yeah. and you know, in roles and different roles and stuff. And actually, remember when I went in for the audition, I didn't say much before I was starting, and we we did it, 
and the director was like great great right okay let's try that again just change this or change that or whatever and I was like and so I did it but I didn't speak much in my own accent which was kind of intentional but also there wasn't the chance to really chat before the actual yes. delivery of the audition I feel like God, yeah. and then we were chatting so he was like so you know what's what what have you been doing and mm. I was like well I'm just I've just been doing a show at the you know unicorn it's called lifeboat and I've been he was like you're Scottish and I was like aha aha he's oh, like oh you're a dancer your accent is brilliant are yes. you good at acting I was like I went to drama school and I've just got a near for it, I suppose. Like, you know, and I, I mess about with my sister and yeah, yeah. But, and you watch things in the tail and you pick things up and you imitate or whatever. So, of course, that, that I was like, yes. You know, yes. Totally like, yeah. I was like, well, at least I could, I did myself a good, you know, a good service. And I got a phone call. I was a missed call from my agent. I phoned her and she was like, so, would you like to do the bill? And I was like, oh, <laughs> and then, of course, I do say it, and nerves kick in because you're like, oh my god, well, I actually got the gig. Okay. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and was that your first TV? Uh, no, job? no. The first TV job that I'd got was um, not long after leaving drama school. Actually, it was Taggart. Yes. 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 Another institution. Totally. Yeah. So my first professional job was with Stellar Quines um, in a show called The Reel of the Hanged Man. Mm-hmm. And that came about just after our showcase in third year, which is in February. And uh, I did a monologue in a scene with a fantastic actor called James McAvoy. Um, yeah, so Just he yeah, but he but yeah, so we, we were working together on this showcase and um in the February that was the showcase and then when we came back Muriel Romanis was wanting to see myself and James as well for The Reel of the Hangman mm-hmm. and it was to play like a part of the family. And I auditioned for it, and we and we both got the part, and it was brilliant. And again, another cast of amazing people. So every job is special in its own course, way because it feeds absolutely. into the other. And whether it's a person, or it's a, a or it's a discovery, a self discovery, or yeah. if it's just you know whatever it is, it's like I think there's always something good to take away something from something, you know. Um, but basically, we did that show, and again, that led on to like lots of other people coming to see things and all that. And of course, James got picked up really early from a, a big agency and he was then on to bigger things before we actually finished the third year. So he kind of finished slightly earlier than us to go off and, and do, I think he did Band of Brothers at that point, that yeah, summer. Yeah, and we were all, we were living together, James and myself and uh, Kathleen. So uh, I was just like, oh no, it's pure flying in this. It's like going to the pure big place and all that. London, that landed. Um, but yeah, it was just, yeah, because it was really close, close friendship mm. as well through the three years. And weirdly enough as well, I met James because he went to Paisley Theatre very, very briefly. And again, just talking about connections, yeah. but we both, because we were both at a Catholic school, uh, like different Catholic schools, but there was a big event that happened in the city chambers it was a big, massive Cayley for a lot of Catholic schools who were wanting All to go right. to this Cayley. Okay. It was like around Christmas time. Right. So again, it was when we were at school. But I remember, I remember bumping into him or seeing him or something at the 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 event, and I yeah. was like, "You went to youth theatre, Paisley Youth Theatre for a bit." I was like, "Ah, yeah, yeah. 
But I was like, I was just like pure teenagers. I was like, uh, yeah, what is he all about? You know, like what do you mean? <laughs> you know, like all this. And then of course you join in the first day, and it's like of drama school, and it's like There's no way there you are again. Jesus. So it's like life connections and just so basically uh, at the end of third year we were working with Andy Arnold on a piece called Rhapsody in St Stephen's Green, which is this bonkersly brilliant piece of theatre. Again, just, I was like, I'm all for it. Uh, <laughs> where I was cast as a pregnant um, a cricket from Cork. Okay. Mm-hmm. And my partner in crime was Keith Faulkner, again, a fantastic actor, and we had an absolute hoot doing that. In fact, we were cast alongside each other quite a lot in the third year right. as comedy, you know, comedy <laughs> yes, duo, yes. whatever. So we were both paired up for this and I, I was involved in the music side as well to help devise some of the music and mm. stuff as well for that. And I just was loving the absurdity of it all because <laughs> it, it essentially at the core of it is this uh, park keeper who's the main narrator, if you like, of the story. But when everything sort of unfolds, it's the, the, the main characters of the of the bulk of the story are the beasties and the creepy crawlies Love that it. live in the park so you've got the bees you've got the you know northern irish ants you've got um the bumbly bees who are all like you know completely oh paka paka you know um air pilots and all that uh, and then you've got the pregnant cricket for cork you know bounding on and just being absolutely ridiculous with a you're like, this um, is my life. accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I really enjoyed it because, I, again, I love the absurd. I love the obscure. Mm. I love what that opens up for your imagination. And also the actual story of it. It was quite a political piece, I believe, okay. like in terms of people shifting and moving around and different characters representing different parts of society in nice. a way that is yeah, really, yeah, yeah. again, really just an intellectual way of looking at it course you know it's third year it's your final show people don't want to be ants and you know oh, uh, right. and like there's a lot of things going yeah, on bring it on a i'll lot. be a cricket uh-huh. all day long i was like brilliant <laughs> this is so much fun so of course i'm again totally buzzing from it and went out and i bumped into the we were in we were doing our tech i think it was at the throne we were on a break or whatever and i went out and i bumped into deirdre davis who's again wonderful actress who I did Really the Hangman with. She was playing my mum. And um, so uh, we got chatting, um, but she was sitting beside other people. And again, I didn't know who they were, but I just was like, oh, blah, blah, blah. You know, banter, just buzzing from being yes. in there and being in pink, bright pink blooming slippers and all that. <laughs> and, you know, Deirdre's like, so what are you doing? And I was like, oh, my God, we're doing this play called Rhapsody in St. Stephen's Green. It's an absolute hoot. Like, I'm basically playing a pregnant cricket for Cork I mean who knew I had that in me you know like just motor mouth like just Great. uninhibited totally like you know Being fabulous not... Izzy absolutely Lisa <laughs> thank you for that uh dizzy Izzy some might say but you know that's fine and then um, there was a guy called Ian Knox who was sat at the table now unbeknownst to me he's a director mm-hmm. and he was going to be directing this episode of Tiger anyway cut to uh, maybe a few days later or whatever I had a noted, notice in my ne- uh, in my pigeonhole so that's when we had pigeonholes at my, yes. at the back, back in the day I was number 500 it's great I loved it I Would loved you know? it pigeonholes like what that's more exciting than emails I it? know totally <laughs> uh, it was dead handy for Valentine's Day if you fancy something yes. like so yeah so basically uh, he messaged the, the RSMD to say could you get 
Isabel Joss to contact me on this number, I'd like to bring her in for an audition. So June Forbes, who's still at the Academy now actually, um, it, she was working in the admin and she left me a note, which I found the other day when I was doing a wee bit oh, of tea yes, tidying and cleaning. And yeah, that. it's cool. Um, I was like, oh my god, that's, that's right. so cute. Cool. You kept that. Are you, are yeah. you, do you keep? Most yeah, things. I'm a wee bit of a keeper. Me yeah, too. yeah. Of I, I mean, I have had to do a wee bit of the Marie Kondo. Does it spark joy? Does I it can, Disney? Well, I keep everything in. Sometimes I'm at least like, you have a head. You can keep memories in that too. I know, I know. Yeah, <laughs> and then there's things that you go, oh, I wouldn't have thought about that had so I not true. seen that. But yeah, like so, and then so I went for that audition, and I got the the I got the audition, and what was great was that um, I went to meet him before starting the job. Because I was like, it's my first telly and I'm a bit, you know, mm. oh, I'm a bit ner- I'm nervous a bit because mm-hmm. I'm not done. We did like two weeks or a, uh, maybe maybe more than that. Maybe it was four weeks. But we did a, we did a block on telly Got you. at the drama school. Okay, cool. But I hadn't really done, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it for actual... For reals. Yeah, for realsies. Uh-huh. And so he was really good in terms of like, going, don't worry about that. You know, I'll help you out with that. And... I'll, if you don't mind I'll come up and give you hints and things like that so even things like I was in a scene and I was blinking a lot and I think it was partly because we were outside and I was probably nervous thinking about the lines and getting getting everything right because mm. you want everything to be perfect aye, aye, aye. I was like take your pressure off yourself for God's sake <laughs> and, and he was great because I, I remember it was a shot that we were doing up it was like a park up in the north side of Glasgow and so there was a bit of a hill on it and so I had to walk up and approach this sort of practicing football team um, who were meant to be like Partick Thistle uh, or like a professional football team oh, sort of right, yeah. anyway and we were all footballer wannabe wives but basically um, I was kind of approaching uh, my love interest if you like in, yes. the, in, the, in the piece and uh, we did the shot and then um, Ian was like right that was great you know you're, mar- you're hitting your mark all of that brilliant the intentions are really great he's like try not to blink as much in this and oh, I was like alright no well, I know but do you know what that did as well it just took your mind off of all the other things that I was just talking about nice like, one. In terms of ah, yes. and you're just thinking about not blinking and I was like ah oh, so good and, and just other little things like continuity just stuff like just reminding yourself and and of course we had the scene with Blythe Duff um, lovely Blythe mm. and uh I was so nervous about that as well because I was like, oh my God, it's blind up. I know. And, um, <laughs> and uh, she was absolutely lovely and again, just utterly professional and and it was just, it was a lovely job. For my first TV job, it was a lovely role. It was a lovely mm. part. Um, it was enough. I didn't get killed off. I got to go personal Great. shopping with the, the costume people. I was yes. like, I'm living my best life. <laughs> like, this is so much fun. And um, You got to be a wag. I totally, I. Yes. And that takes one to who the other wags were. Yes. So, um, basically, turned up on the first day for the read-through and Carmen Pieraccini sat there. There you go. I was like, no way. Because she was, she was at the RSMD for a bit uh, and... She left because she got a job mm. on a telly program called G Force, which was like a kids telly program. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, and she got this this gig as well, and I was like, no way! So of course that was it, that the was beginning. True. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> oh, 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 oh. 
banter. Um, oh yeah, and just totally. lots of lovely experiences with lots of lovely people. But yeah, and, I and like you said earlier on, because I touched on it, I'm sure there's been challenges and like oh yeah, definitely people that you you're like, well, that was smashing, but I don't want to spend any more time with you. Thank you yeah, much. yeah. <laughs> I mean, just not gelling with. Yeah, can't it be best pals with everybody? No, totally. And it's like I suppose it's that thing of like you're there for the job and the work and if you make a friend from a job it's a bonus, bonus isn't it because yes. such a massive part of it is collaboration and teamwork mm. and so essentially you have to trust one another to to do the work and you want to be able to approach somebody to go could I run these lines with you right. or you yeah. know I think where where even there have been differences of opinion or or maybe the story isn't quite strong enough and you've not had the time to fix the chinks in it it's kind of like seeking permission to find those chinks in the performance of it and asking permission of the other performer because some performers wouldn't be up for that and that's okay. absolutely fine. You, yeah. It's about respecting that as well. Mm-hmm. Or you get the script and you're like, so are we going to keep adapting that or is that the script that we've got? And knowing fine well that it's clunky but you don't have the autonomy to, to change that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of that push and pull always and yielding and... and and reaching for those things that make something better. But again, mm-hmm. there'll be... So I suppose the way that I work and the, the work that I'm interested in is of that ensemble, from those roots of ensemble, of collaboration, of, of working together to solve the problem. Yes. But that's not always for everybody either. Mm-hmm. And it's not it's to say that I can't that. slot into those yeah, other yeah, yeah, roles yeah, uh-huh. or it being very yeah. much like that's where you stand or that's how I want it to it's knowing first what then going right, okay, I've got the lay of the land. Exactly. That's where I am in this. But I'm sure job. there's probably actors that are sensitive to that. Yeah, yeah, totally. They're just like, this is me, I do my thing. Exactly, and, and all due yeah, respect, respect to that. that. Well. I yeah. respect that, but you Completely. have the versatility. That exploration again that you were talking yeah, about, like yeah. you want to be learning, you want yeah. to be challenging Curious, yourself, yeah. and yeah, just finding that common ground so Yeah, make the best piece possible. Yeah, because you know? as well... I remember working on um, Uncle Vanya with Theatre Babel and I absolutely, again, that's just another job that I just hold so closely to my heart um, with Graham McLaren, the wonderful Graham directing it and again a fantastically strong, eloquent cast of people and I was playing Sonia and again, you know, I was, yeah, I was nervous but I really wanted to work with that company. I just absolutely loved Theatre Babel and what they brought to the land of theatre in Scotland and abroad, you know. Um, and also because it was classics, they were mostly um, they were mostly doing and producing. Mm. I was like, ah, oh, I just love it. I love the, 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 the stories that they're telling and I love mm. the complexities of the characters of all, of most classics. And for me, it was so accessible as well in a different way that from, again, from what I'd seen or what I'd felt or, you know, it to be. But I do remember thinking, like, feeling very true to the part of Sonia and making choices but 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 also trying to be very much in the moment of the part and how mm. how it felt so that it would continue to evolve and, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and you would you would feel it naturally in the place that you were playing the scene so yeah. sometimes if somebody's been to see it at the beginning and then they come again like towards the end yeah. they're like oh my god you did this thing I've yeah, never okay, done that before cool. But that really embodying the character. And that's that's an ongoing thing as well. Mm -hmm. I don't think, for me personally, just 
speaking about Izzy Joss in my practice, I can't just say it one way and that's the way it's said. For me, it has to be ever-evolving every other night because it also changes every time you're in front of an audience because that's like another member of the story. And surely that's the way it should be. Yeah, totally, totally. And, yeah. uh, you know, and don't get me wrong, there's some nights where you're live, like... It's live, it's like yeah. an organism, it's got to change form and... Yeah, totally, you know, yeah. And you can grow in the space with the time and the people that are there. Yeah. But there's some, there's maybe some people who love the safety of just knowing what they're doing, which, again, is mm. totally... Um, it's it's, it's just you. different risks. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, just yeah. different things uh, that people yeah. prioritise. And I absolutely respect that got huge respect and admiration for and that is there like a character that you felt like you couldn't quite shake off for a bit i suppose sonia springs to mind only because of her whole because she's young and she's um still very optimistic but she, her situation is that she that it feels like there's no way out other than just her optimism she she loves and it's non-requited love mm-hmm. you know she has this sort of want and, and need to find that in somebody else but it's not brought back to her and who knows maybe she went off and did you know like who knows yeah. but that thing of like her finding faith in the work and the living of what this is because her faith is beyond this world mm-hmm. so her final speech is about like when they die that's when they'll reap the rewards of the work that they've done here on earth and it's just that they're they've got that kind of bland living and and bland existence mm. but they're going to go to a greater good and I, I, I think it resonates with me because I was brought up Catholic however and I there's so many wonderful things to take from that faith mm-hmm. but I don't genuinely like I, I stopped going to church when I was about 19 I still go in big events and I, pra- I would go for my mum and we still go my mum passed away about six years ago so we still go on like Easter or Easter Sunday and like Christmas. And I do still find it sometimes quite good to go back to when, say, you just want to be in a quiet place or there's something to mm. seek from that. But I think that, I think what I found fascinating was that that character specifically, that character and the character of Isabella from Measure for Measure, they do have this vision of something other than just here. And, and I have a huge th- respect for that. Yeah, because and do I don't you consider know. yourself to be an optimist? Yeah, I think I am quite optimistic. Because that's the that's the vibe you give out. Yeah. Jen. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I, that's for me, that's I'm like you are an optimistic person, you're a like a warm, positive person. That's what I get yeah. from you. So yeah. but then I guess sometimes warm positive people aren't optimists. They just have that yeah. persona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. like for other no, people. I am, yeah, I am in my I would I say. Guess I you am. have to be to a certain extent in this yeah. <laughs> This kind of climate and this world of yeah, totally. the arts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm way more optimistic than I am pessimistic. Great. Definitely. Great. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. And I think you're right, like it's a frame of mind. And yeah. don't get me wrong, you know, like everybody, Peaks you have moments drops. where Yeah, exactly. You're like that. Oh God. Aha, like I'm rubbish. Great. I'm rubbish and I want just the one to come out of the bed. But but you know, but that's that's fine as well mm. and that's allowed. And you just find solace or strength and like you're saying like sometimes it's from your faith yeah and whatever totally. level that is or you know and from the work and mm-hmm. I think like even when you're you're thinking about because you're curious about any character that you play 
and or maybe you're not I don't know but um, I'm curious about Good. every character I play I think, I think that's important and, yeah, <laughs> and, uh, and why they're in the situation they're in or why their beliefs are the way that they are and I suppose it is a form of psychology in terms of like looking to the roots of that person and thinking about their frame of thought and their frame of mind so when, say for instance, so, so when I did play um, the character of uh, Mrs. Joe in Great Expectations, she was so much fun, but she was feisty and she was dark mm. she was purely just horrible. <laughs> She's a horrible human being. She was not optimistic, she was pessimistic. And to tap into that is really... Uh-huh. Yeah, you just get to be totally different Aye. to you. Because uh-huh. sometimes yeah. then it, pa- it taps into who you are because you're, you're like, oh, exploring that side. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> But you're like, but sometimes it's hard to shake that because Aye. you're like, you know, because you're, you're going to that headspace. And so it's again through reading and different practices and different thoughts on and theories on how you approach your practice uh, to keep it playful and not to be finding, not to do the emotional recall of the nasty. Do you know what I mean? Nice like, one. so so you're playing the game of like I want to nip you rather than and so it's playful nasty rather than being proper like downright soul searching nasty do you know Got what you. I mean yes because again it, I think that helps for the actor to brush off stuff at the end of the night because mm. you know it's your work ah, well that's work. it I mean you do have to learn to separate it absolutely you know your processes for that then yeah, mm-hmm. you've got to find it working in this world I quite often feel like it's you're b- being identified as Lisa the dancer yes as a, it's a actor. actor do you know what I mean yeah. and like, you're like I have other parts of me Abso- <laughs> by the way I, ha- I was talking about this yesterday I've been doing this um, short course in drama therapy and which is great again because you're using all the tools that you're learning but in a completely different way of looking at it and it's mm. not about seeking approval it's about it's about uh, therapy it's about mm. you know using that for the greater good if you like for right. another person yeah so anyways just um but you're just i'm just sort of scratching the surface of that now but aside from aside from just keeping my head busy with learning other stuff which i think is great it is that thing of learning where you lie and where your job lies and sometimes they can merge into the two and you and what i suppose in my latter years is that from being quite young and entering into drama school and, and actually yet yeah, not always being able to separate the two, mm-hmm. not always being able to do that because because I didn't have the the mindset or I didn't realise that yet, I suppose. Mm. Yeah, it's just um, doing it for a while yeah. to then figure it all out. Yes. Absolutely, yeah. And mm. and learning that you are not those characters, you're who you are and you're what you bring to those characters mm. and then you can come back to you. Yeah, you're thing. not just like a vessel for all these other exactly. people. You are a person too. Exactly. You yeah. know, and you can exist out with Absolutely. the world of acting. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. And and so being able to kind of go, realise that more in my later years, hmm. I, I'm like, so I can go and study something else or do something because it's for me, it's not for... Well, it's for me, yeah, but it's yeah. also to bring back to the work that you do. And, of course. And it's not that... Because I don't ever see myself giving up on acting at all. Mm-hmm. But as it evolves, and as you evolve, it, it's kind of like, well, when you're not working, what is your interest and where do your mm-hmm. other Put passions like. lie? Yeah. yeah. And also that change is good as well in terms of, like, um, shifting things, you know. Mm-hmm. so Because so many people take time out for so many things. 
whether it's a life thing or if it's a change of direction or whatever. But it doesn't mean you're stopping that track. So it doesn't mean that um, exploring another avenue, I'm saying that's me, I'm giving up acting. No. It's not about that you're at all. Doors, I'm enriching. Opening windies. Yeah, exactly. I'm enriching my life and I'm yes. fulfilling my personal life with more than what it is just to just to feel again when you're working that that's, that's you alive. Because there's an element of that, I suppose, in freelance work when when you do have those moments where you've been like intensely working and you're like, this is brilliant and this, there's so much and you do feel really, again, on top of your world and you're mm. just like, brilliant, um, and this is what, I'm, I'm really enjoying this job and you feel buzzy from that. And then when you stop that job, the next day it's like, or not the next day, but like, then, then you might not have anything for a good long time. Mm. And I don't think it's healthy to keep rising and falling like that. Yeah, and to yeah, find yeah. a plateau where you're like, cool, I've got this amazing job and I really enjoy doing that. And I'm also I doing this thing alongside yes, that. Absolutely, 100%. So that it's not all that you're relying on just getting yeah, that yeah, acting yeah. job. Mm-hmm. And I think with mental health and all that as well and just being just being aware of, of different things and different reasons as to why you want to do things... I think it's always been in me that I know that I love doing what I do and I love the fact that I am very grateful for the fact that I, I was accepted into drama school and, I've, and that path, that is the path that I've, I've been led down. And I've got absolutely no regrets, even when it was difficult on a job for whatever reason. And you're in tears and you're like, oh my God, why am I doing this? And there's a band of brilliant brothers and sisters around you to go, come on, you're okay, you've got mm. this. And then the next minute they're greeting and crying and bawling away. Like, like, yeah, and you're like, ah, come on, come on. You know, it's always yes. that circle of things because because you're passionate about the work that you do and you don't want to be... I mean, that comes across in everything that you've said. Like, yeah. You can just see the passion for yeah. it who's out you and not to like you know think oh because I'm looking elsewhere that you know that my passion is it's you know no, no that's no. it's not like you're not cheating on that but sometimes it feels like that right because <laughs> so like, it feels like I'm in a relationship uh-huh. and I'm like looking elsewhere and I'm finding out different things and I'm like well actually I suppose for the majority of the time that I've been on this earth for 22 23 years so I'm 40 now it has been my mm. my life, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. It's one of the longest running professional relationships I've had, <laughs> yeah. as as alongside my, my mm. agent, you know, because I've been oh. with them the same amount of time. Wow, right, okay. And that again, that's always evolving, and, and because you're always evolving, you're yeah, growing, and, and you're the roles that you're getting offered obviously change yeah. with, with age, absolutely, as well, you know, yeah. and and if you've got all these other experiences running alongside it, mm-hmm. it's only going to serve. Mm-hmm. the work it's mm-hmm. only going to serve to fuel your passion and, absolutely and allow you to do the best job possible absolutely surely, yeah I would imagine yeah you know so fast forward to like yeah. this year yeah you've turned 40 I know what I know to- what did you what did you do for your I mean I know I don't look at it but yeah, uh, oh, no I am um... that goes without saying <laughs> <laughs> so I had a joint 40th with my pal Craig yes. Fleming Good stuff. Uh, lovely Craig and so again we had loads of people in common which mm. also helped with the number control lovely, lovely. Uh, but, um, <laughs> but what was beautiful was that uh, for the first time ever actually it was a mixture of friends and family from all walks of life you know my, my home girl friends and their partners um, from school like that that kind of my life of that and, mm. and, and that integrating with the acting side mm. of things and integrating with the family side of things and 
and it was just so beautiful to have so many amazing people in the one Lovely. you know room mm. yeah and, oh god I was so overwhelmed I was just like pure god this is so amazing and it just shows you all these people can exist Aye, in totally. the one room and that's 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 you yeah, you totally. are all these people and all these experiences, and what you've attracted, I suppose, as well. Aye, over your, your over, aha, over your lifetime Aye. of, and I think I was just like, ah, oh, I'm doing no bad actually. I've got a bunch of really <laughs> cool people in my life, you know, and and I and and I think that like taking stock from that and just being like, ah, this is cool, and because um, that you know it, approaching any big number or whatever. I don't know why there's such a it's only another day, another, you know. But I suppose it's a marker, isn't it, yeah. of where you are? It's and nice to take stop. It's nice to stop and look back a bit. Yeah. And then, okay, moving on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's next? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. That's lovely. Yeah. So it was really good. Great. Really cool. Izzy, I feel like I could just talk to you forever. I know. There's so many things. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. the next phase of this podcast episode is called the uh, the thing in Bob's. I nearly forgot what they were called there. Yeah. Um, and I picked out a few for you. Okay. Right, my first question to mm. you is which song do you know every single word to? <gasps> oh, oh, wait a minute, I need to think about that. It's all good, I can edit out the long pauses, don't you worry. Like, uh, <laughs> somewhere Over the Rainbow. Tune. Yeah. Eva Cassidy or Wizard oh, of Oz? Wizard of Oz, definitely the yes. roots of the Wizard of Oz, yes. the pure, proper, original, but the Eva Cassidy one is beautiful. And that also featured very heavily in Lifeboat. Did it? Yes. Yes. And a very optimistic song Absolutely, exactly. Loving the positive message. Yes, yes. The thread of positivity throughout this. Absolutely, yes. You're excellent at the thing of Bob's. (laughs) Um, What is your go-to movie if you need to cheering up? Oh, um, oh, something like uh, Dumb and Dumber or (laughs) Amelie. Oh yes, is definitely uh-huh. definitely a go to go to, and I love Labyrinth as well. Love Labyrinth. Yeah. Although I was really fit to him when I was weaving. Oh uh, yeah, like, it's so good. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> but also things like the Muppets. I love like the Muppets <laughs> Take Manhattan and the Muppets <laughs> Christmas Carol and stuff like that. I love the Muppets Christmas Carol. Love no the Muppets. Jesus, far as nieces. Yes, just brilliant. Loved I just love that. stuff like good that. Good choices. Yeah, yeah. Anything that's a bit silly like that and slapstick. <laughs> um, who or what and we might have touched on this makes mm. you laugh ah oh, who or what oh my nephews right okay yeah they make me laugh a lot <laughs> and my sister makes me laugh and my pals actually a lot of my pals and um, I think it's so important actually to just have a laugh and not take things too seriously and, and I, I think that in work as well because there's a fine line between taking your work seriously but having a laugh with it mm-hmm. and I think it's so important to be able to kind of laugh at yourself with yourself yes and at others but in a safe way yeah. not like laughing at you but no. like you know just because like it's I've had I've, I've been in maybe a rehearsal space in the past where if you if you're being a wee bit silly about something or you're having a laugh about something and it's called on by director say I'm not going to mention names but um, this one person in particular was a bit like because you're having a laugh you're not taking it seriously and I'm like absolutely I'm a human being and you know and I'm very serious about the work that I do but just because I can have a laugh with it and you can't 
Yeah, it doesn't have a laugh, that. like you say, it's being vulnerable, which surely exactly. means you're more open exactly, yeah. to the whole experience. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. So I, I think it's really important. Afters, you know, I know, exactly. Yeah, I'm like, like, I can rein it back in when I need to. Absolutely, <laughs> and it's I, can, important. I can tune yeah. in and be serious and do all of yeah, that. if you're happy, yes. you are more likely to be productive. Exactly. In any shape or form in terms of work. Yeah, and you know, it all it will really do work. is empower your people to be like more motivated to then go yes. on to do the work rather than shutting people down and I just find that really negative and I don't respond well to negativity but then who does but other people sometimes thrive on it which which blows my time whether it's a position of power or whatever Mm. it's just like no 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 no. don't do that that's a form of bullying that's not cool but sometimes it's hard for you in your position to have the, the, the confidence to stop that because mm-hmm. uh, if it makes you feel unsafe and brings up any kind of feeling of anxiety or and this is this is anywhere actually in life in Absolutely. general yeah. it's like no 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 stop I feel unsafe I'm walking away from this yeah. because you've got to listen to where you're at in your body and your mind mm-hmm. to be like I don't like that response yeah. so no yeah my dad the always barriers. says to me if it doesn't feel good walk away walk away that's mm-hmm. the way to be just think, yeah. let, like if it did, like you're saying in the pit of your stomach if it doesn't feel good mm-hmm. probably isn't Absolutely. Uh huh. Yeah. So talking about advice. Yeah. This is like a seamless thing, but I actually had picked this for you. Uh-huh. Best advice ever given to you. Ooh. Do what makes you happy. That's quite a broad thing. Um, but yeah, I would say like um, pursue those things that you want to pursue, whether it be knit a jumper or you know buy a coaster or climb Mount Everest there's no like why not yes. I think that's that that in a phrase actually mm. is it's not why as much well oh no as much as it is why it's like why not, why not? yeah love that why why can't we do that why can't we explore mm. that why can't I go off and do something else and also do that at the same time why not mm. you know wear the red thing that you want to wear and that comes from uh uh, a fantastic practitioner called um, and clown artist called Angela De Castro, and it's the element. It's basically the kind of crux of the clown. It's that it's basically that thing of like you say why I say why not. And again, it's ever it's it's that openness and optimism and and um, being silly, or <laughs> uh, yeah, the element of what makes a clown, I suppose, um, true of heart, empathetic, compassionate, uh, open minded. But Angela De Castro runs this um, wonderful uh, school called the Why Not Institute, and she herself has practiced. She's been a clown for a long time, and but she's a phenomenal uh, human being, teacher, uh, life learner. You know, she she's just brilliant. And anybody, the thing is, anybody can do clown. Anybody okay. can can do that if they want to access it because it's also, I suppose, you're contacting your inner child and mm. inner joy and and things again that bring you that really truly make you spark up and light up and be like oh yeah and again it's not always going to be like that mm-hmm. but 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 it's a really beautiful life lesson on humanity I think and I think everybody could be a bit more clown-like love that, love that. why not yeah um so yes that's yeah why not and my last question yeah which I ask everybody yeah and I'm sitting here with my Scottish Pride mug. Yes. <laughs> and my post it says, still got it, hen. Get <laughs> Which you have. 
so apt. Um, what is your favourite Scottish word or phrase? Oh, Curry Dune. Yeah. Yes. Love that. Curry Dune. No one Curry said Dune. that yet. No one. No one. Have they not? You're the first. Oh, yeah, dancer. <laughs> Yeah, it's Curie Dune, my darling. Yeah. <laughs> There's a beautiful song, it's a minor song, uh, called Curie Dune. And it's basically, it's a lullaby, and it is so beautiful, and it's about this young, it's about this young family, uh, and I imagine it is the mum singing to, or the granny, or, or the mm. grand or someone, singing it to the wee one to get them to sleep, and they're telling their story about their dad, who's away in the coal mine, and, and it's so beautiful, and... Um, yeah, I love I love that kind of I love what that what it kind of encompasses as both as well because that could be curing in on a dark night or or, or you're you're getting cozy you're, yeah. you're or curing on yourself and just yes. take time for yourself or you know so mm, yeah. which is very important you're yeah. giving all the good advice okay Jeez, just come in that I was going to say come in that match for that wee cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, this has been an absolute joy. Oh, it's been brilliant. You're a sparking Thank joy. You. you absolutely oh, do. Thanks, it's it's so lovely to know you. Oh, and you it too. really is, it genuinely is. Like and I'm delighted that you're now a Broad Brave member. Yes! I'm so excited. <laughs> and I'm going to now eat my cake. Yes, good. Thank you so much, Joyce. No, thank you. Thanks for inviting me. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Broad and the Brave podcast about people and their passions. Join us next time for more insight and inspiration from my wonderful guests. Bye for now.